Welcome to Feel Feelings with Danny and George, the show that talks about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Outback Steakhouse. Hey, George. <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. That's right. <laughs> That's how we're starting the show. We're, on, we're starting on, on Outback me Steakhouse. With a somber Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, a very subtle plug. Maybe we'll have an advertiser this time. I'd love to get like, oh, I love Outback Steakhouse. I know that's trashy, but that is like some comedian just said that someone took them to Outback Steakhouse for a field trip to learn about Australian culture. Uh, But I genuinely love Outback Steakhouse so much. I don't know that I know anything about it. We should find out if our guest knows anything about it. Lizzie Sivitz, welcome to the show. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for having me. I you love that. So Outback, go. Yeah. <laughs> Blooming Onion. Or, I'm sorry, Bloomin'. Drop the Bloomin', G. Bloomin'. Bloomin you know I've been corrected on that one a couple of times. By, yeah, I by authentic Australians. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to say it, say it right. <laughs> really good bread served with a huge knife that does yeah. not need Ooh. to be as sharp or intense as it is for bread. I, I kind of love that. It's like threatening bread like yeah yeah we we're, we have steak here that came off of a living creature but like the bread really needs to get it i went there a lot as a kid and i was always really excited to get to hold the bread knife because it was so intense and i felt oh, like i was wielding a yeah. weapon wielding a weapon it's a great knife um do you think australians like i remember i forget i won't say the guest's name go back through our catalog and find out who they were but one person we had on the show uh the sternly but fairly corrected our pronunciation of nevada do you oh, think yes. do you think that i really was hoping you would say it wrong yeah no no, no i i learned because i was shamed uh but do you think australians are like name it's blooming onion or do they go what the fuck is outback steakhouse yes <laughs> I don't know, but there's a there was a TikTok that was going around last week of an Australian who was obsessed with Cheesecake Factory and, and <laughs> saying that like every time she comes home to the US, they're like did, or to, to the to Australia, they're like, Did you go to Cheesecake Factory when you were there? She's like, Why does no why is not everyone in America going there constantly and talking about it? And it's truly <laughs> one of my favorite restaurants. So what what is like peak that type of restaurant for you? Like what is if you had to like top five it, what would be Maybe you don't have to rank it. I get it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a see the menu guy for a thing, so I, I'm gonna forget some stuff. But like, what's in your top five for that kind of restaurant? I mean, I don't know yeah. if I could even name like more a fast than serve whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, what, what what category of restaurant is that? So I mean, you yeah. got Cheesecake Factory, you got like Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? it's the the sit down fast food, all those. Yeah, you got Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I haven't been to a Red Lobster maybe since I, I was a child. I when I was a kid, I would like in like second grade, my friend was like, my mom had red lipstick on her on her glass of red lobster, but she doesn't wear lipstick. And I went around telling like everybody that like it was like the hottest gossip in the world. My family was like, stop talking about it. it. You're ruining red lobster for everybody. This is the only (laughs) restaurant in town, (laughs) which was the case. That was the case yeah. for my for me growing up. Where uh, you, you were you born in New England or no no oh, okay. I grew up in Seattle. Oh okay okay. Oh, because uh, I I heard Boston area 
that's the we we that is where that, we met yes that is where they met okay uh because i grew up in new england and the only restaurant in town was a ruby tuesdays in the walmart parking lot <laughs> and so like no one could talk shit about the ruby tuesdays because that was where only the town could go that was the only birthdays anniversaries special occasions catering it was all just ruby tuesdays <laughs> everyone's parents worked too yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, my my a very good friend we have yet to have him on the show um and i mean the illest, he's a the rapper because he doesn't like it when i call him by his real given name uh i've had to censor it a few times because he yep. actually got upset <laughs> yep he was like you guys gotta stop saying my name uh but he uh like he would drive us to band practice and be on tour and then all of a sudden we'd be like oh i didn't know you were in town anyway we're gonna get two salad bars because homeboy was just the waiter <laughs> <laughs> You know what kind of blew my mind recently? I was driving out by my parents' house in the suburbs, and they're getting a new Olive Garden. Wow. I didn't realize they built new ones. I didn't think new Olive Gardens existed. I thought they were all ancient. Yeah. The family is expanding. Yeah. <laughs> You're all here now. My my girlfriend had never been to Cheesecake Factory, and we went the other day, and we told the waitress, and she was so excited. And she was like, what do you think so far? <laughs> and I was like, mediocre. Like, exactly like I expected. Yeah. Give me give me your first impression. Well, there's a lot of food and it's all okay. Yeah. Cheesecake Factory has got to get the fuck out of here. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. With the calories. You're absolutely allowed. Do it more. Oh, they put <laughs> calories on the menu? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. because it's a national chain. And it's like, it's obscene. I think they had like, they used to have like a 2,500 calorie pasta and they had to take it off because they got just like roasted so hard. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, I have you I'm, ever gotten pasta at Cheesecake Factory and does it feel incongruous because it's named after a dessert and you go in there and you're like, I have filled up on three bites of pasta and now I will not eat dessert. I That's just my experience, maybe. I did get cheesecake there <laughs> until I was a full-blown adult because I was always so full because you get the free bread. Which I go in there with wide eyes and leave with no dessert. Truly. But, avocado egg rolls who wants cheesecake at that point those yeah. are so good they're so good the chimichurri is like insane yeah i went it was uh one of those kind of along the outside of a mall restaurant somewhere in jersey when i went to see barbie over the summer it was it was three of us barbie in jersey and you didn't come say hi we we weren't that close to you just in uh wall i'll come meet you <laughs> <laughs> we were in wall new jersey I went to a very fun punk rock show there, but that's a story for another time. Yeah, we we were like, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to get these egg rolls. I think I'm going to get these egg rolls. And then you read further down and you can get all the egg rolls at once. There's mm -hmm. an egg roll sampler and you can mix and match the sauces and every single combination of every one of them is good. Okay, but but the rest but George, of the dinner, fine. George, what do you think is the total calories for the egg roll sampler platter? <laughs> <laughs> this, this might be in my wheelhouse. How many egg rolls comes with it? I believe it's uh, four. Like... I think it's one of each of four yeah. types. And how big are the egg rolls? Maybe, maybe a little they're bigger about, than palm size. They're about egg roll size. Egg roll size. So they're <laughs> not like weird long in, ones. In my memory, they were smaller than you would get kind of like the the basic, like nothing in it, Chinese restaurant egg roll. Mm -hmm. They were like, they, they seemed a little smaller than that. Smaller than that, and are they like cut diagonally? And are yes. there two of each? Like, are there eight no, pieces one, in total? But uh, 
four total egg rolls, each split in half. Okay, so eight total pieces. 2,350. 1,340. Yeah, I was going under. Yeah, because the avocado one, I, I have to imagine, isn't totally loaded like the rest of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like cheesesteak egg rolls from every other place. It's got to be like 4,000. I mean, I hate thinking about calories, and that's the thing about Cheesecake Factory, like, makes you do it. Yeah. And the whole conversation for the whole meal is like, wow, look at this thing. That would be crazy if I ordered that. And then they have the skinny licious menu, which is like all kinds of problematic. Get out and of here. Totally no. <laughs> My friend ordered from the skinny licious menu one time and it was like 240 calories and it was like a heaping pile of food. And I was like, there's no way that any of oh, this. That's, is- yeah, that's for sure. Like a, one of those serving size things where it's like a, a serving size of Cheez-Its is three Cheez-Its and it's good for you. But then yeah. who's eating three Cheez-Its? <laughs> no, you eat the box of Cheez-Its. Yeah. Uh, I am I am trying to lose weight for a wedding. and um, Whose uh, wedding? I'm, my wedding. I'm getting married to my fiance. Ba, 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 ba. Actually, I have it ready. Thank you for properly using God. the soundboard. That we are only so two weeks away from... That you made. The last episode I recorded not on, on computer A here, so I had to do it all vocally, and uh, I'm happy to be back up here. <laughs> nice to be back in the office. Um, and all, all I'm doing is counting calories. All I do is see how many steps I've taken that day. Uh, I go on a walk and listen to a bunch of albums by the same artist, and I consider that exercise, and I count everything that goes into my fucking mouth, and I'm so Boy, sad. Boy, do I have the restaurant recommendation <laughs> <laughs> they do the work for you. It might not be what you want, but it's yeah. done. I did. Uh, I did. I did a third of a Domino's cheesy bread tonight for Ooh. dinner because Casey is at what was class. that three thousand calories? <laughs> Honestly, it's not that bad. It was only like three four hundred calories. All right, for a third of it. All right, we got to do lightning round. We can we can oh, keep fine. talking food as we go here, but we got we got to lightning round it up. So so Lizzie, for you and for the listener, it's. The six basic emotions, sadness, joy, anger, disgust, fear, and surprise. We will ask you each individually, just, you know, first thought, best thought. You can change it later if you're like, ah, that was wrong. But we're just going fast through the six, and then the ones that jump out to us, we'll ask you about after, and we'll, we'll talk more about them. So things that make me feel these emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it's kind of, you know, like word association. So like if, it's, it is- if there's not like a story or something, it's just kind of whatever comes to mind. It's totally- And it is not affiliated no wrong to, the, to the Pixar film Inside Out. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Good it's to know. not, it's not cue, by any means. Cue the AMA drop. What is that? I do have it ready to go. We all just heard it. It's just not a part of <laughs> So let's do it. Um, what makes you feel disgust? Hmm. Probably like homophobia. Hell yeah. And like racism and like seeing people act in ways that are horrific. I I wanna deter from the 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 theme here of having to go quickly, but I love when that's the answer for disgust. Cause like for for a lot of people it's like, yeah, that's the anger one. But disgust is so much more. It's such a bigger thing that, like, no, this is disgusting. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm angry, but this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, what, what, what makes you feel angry? <laughs> well, oh, okay. What makes you feel angry? We'll come uh, back to that. I didn't mean to deter. Uh, oh, no, no. What makes you feel angry? Um, 
so many things. I think anytime people are like being taken advantage of, any time that, um, oh God, I feel so much pressure to be fast with this lightning. Oh, you you can take your time. It's just, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not going into Jeopardy, it right away. The, yeah. Jeopardy theme, the Jeopardy theme song. Um, okay, what makes me angry? Just like literally not being seen, not being understood. Like when people make assumptions about me, when people make assumptions about each other, uh, that, that, that gets me going the most for sure. When people like assume something about me or think I'm a certain person or a certain way. What makes you feel joy? Joy. I think like when I'm, when my girlfriend is giving me head scratches, <laughs> she's cuddling me. Is that sweet? I like that. I like that. I enjoy it too. I don't even yeah, know it's hair. Very nice. I like it's really that. nice. It's like nothing better than head scratches. You just feel like you can stop the world. You know, I'm like a little. Yeah. Cat. It all just shuts down for a second. It's like, oh, <laughs> what makes you feel fear? Dying. <laughs> Dying is the opposite of head scratches. Yeah, it is very much the uh, <laughs> It's the either extreme. head scratches or death. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you feel sadness? Um, Dying. No. Um, <laughs> um, I think sadness. Uh. I feel bad. I feel I feel sad when I see bad things happen to people. And I feel sad when I mean it's so complicated, right? Because sadness could be so many different things, like pity yeah, that's, and I, I think that's the one I would have the hardest answering for myself, which is why yeah. I don't have to. <laughs> the thing that makes me the saddest is cruelty to animals. And I have a hat that says be nice to dogs. And like literally for a while, every time I took my dog my dog to the vet, I would end up like secretly paying someone's medical bills because I would like overhear a conversation about like someone not being able to afford surgery for their dog or something. And I would like go over and be like, can I contribute to this? Because I just like feel so sad. The idea of animals being hurt in any way makes me disgusted yeah. and may- sad. You may be the nicest person we've ever had on this podcast. (laughs) So before we get back into that one, we have one left. What makes you feel surprised? Surprise. Well, uh, I feel surprised anytime I like actually laugh out loud at like a movie or TV show because that just like happens rarely. And that's that's uh, I saw the movie Bottoms recently and I loved it so much. And I I love that movie. I was just surprised by how much I actually laughed out loud because it's like I think especially with comedians, it's like hard to surprise us when it comes to humor. And so. Those moments are, are always God. really exciting. That, uh, that documentary, Bathrooms Over Broadway, um, do you guys watch that at all? Dan, I think you did because we've bath- talked about it on the show. Bath- it's not bathrooms. But bathtub? Bathtub. Bathtubs Over Broadway? I think, yeah, it's that. That one. In that, the 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 main guy in it explains it as like, yeah, I've been doing comedy for like 40 years, so my comedy yeah, meter writer, is like... Yeah deadened like just the nerve endings of humor have just been deadened over years and years of analyzing the joke rather than just enjoying it uh and because of that to find something that interests you in the comedy world like uh like broadway musicals about american standard toilets is like exactly it's just to to catch yourself off guard with a literal a literal LOL is what I wrote. Wait, there's a Broadway musical about American Standard Toilets? Yeah, so, so it's a documentary yeah. about um, this guy that discovered a, a vinyl record while, you know, 
digging through uh, records in New York City and found this thing that said, not for resale, um, I love my bathroom or something. And it was a musical that was written for the company American Standard for their sales rep meeting, like annual sales meeting. And instead of like hiring a musician or anything, they create they hired Broadway musical directors and writers to create a musical about how to sell the item, how to make people feel about loving their bathroom. Um, so it was like a sales pitch and entertainment and they did them until like the two thousands from like the 1950s to the 2010s. There were these, I forget the terminology of it, but it's something musical like network musical or something. Yeah. It's 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 a whole movie about like how he like saw this one in the store and was like, what the hell? And then found out there's just a whole world of it Mm -hmm. that like, GE put put out a new one every year that would just incorporate every new product they were putting on the market. And McDonald's had a bunch. And like, there's just all of these kind of test pressing records that would only go out to like the people at the meetings. And he was wow. collecting yeah. them now. And it's a whole documentary about his collection. It was called Industrial Musicals. Industrial That's Musicals. It. Where well, I, I wrote my own industrial musical by accident. Ooh, really? When you said American Standard Music, I was like, what? When I was a kid, there's this museum in Seattle called the Experience Music Project where you can go and play. I always wanted to go there. I, I went been out there. there and I, I, I there is conjecture within my family. And I didn't even by get to family, experience music. I mean my sister, who is an avid listener of this show, uh, because I've told her this story and I, I think she disagrees, but there was a guy in the uh like the guitar testing they had like plexiglass yeah. and there was a guitar yeah. like hooked up in this booth that you can mess around with. And the man was shredding and he had sideburns and a little bit of a pompadour and sleeve tattoos. And growing up, I was like, that's Chris Caraba. I know for a fact that's Chris Caraba. Mm-hmm. We were in a booth next to Chris Caraba and there's no way to, pardon the pun, corroborate that. Yeah. <laughs> well but done, everybody. I am. I am a hundred percent certain that I was within inches of Chris Caraba as a child at That's that amazing. museum in Seattle. Well, it's an yeah. incredible museum Great and museum. they have a recording booth where you can like pay to record your like little ditties. And I was a kid and I like would play around and mess around on the guitar. And I told my dad that I, I was like, I have a song that I want to record just because I wanted to record a song really badly, but I had nothing. And he was like, okay, prove to me that you have songs singing for me <laughs> and i was like i had been like Bluff you know, called. i was a kid like trying to be like an artist you know so i was like thinking about like the american standard of like perfection i did not know there was like a toilet company named american standard <laughs> so i was like i had this song I was like this is the american standard and i persuaded him like he believed me and so we went in and recorded like this 10 minute, we had 10 minutes and he played the digital drum set. We recorded like this 10 minute rock opera where I am a child improvising <laughs> about the American standard. And Is my little that available? <laughs> Is I it looked, on Spotify? I looked so hard for it and I can't find it anywhere. Because um, you, you write wonderful songs. They're all very good and very funny, but like, thank you. now I'm no longer interested in those. <laughs> <laughs> You only want to know the American Standard. I need to know American Standard front to back. Yeah. It had it had a very like driving drum beat like um like Phil Collins. Like it was like 
like it was like it was i'm gonna really need you bad. to stop making the sell because it's gonna be that much more disappointing <laughs> yeah. that i don't get to hear it <laughs> i know is... i would give anything to unearth that mp3 let me oh tell you oh my god this is dan gets his fucking ark of the covenant yeah he needs uh, to this find is... this this is me at the beginning of bathtubs over broadway except for i'm not a letterman writer <laughs> god bottoms though that movie is so stupid in the absolute best way something can be stupid it is wonderful it's my dream a movie where like everybody's queer and men are useless accessories it was like just an incredible it was my it was my vision for our future world so it was great <laughs> to see it i personally uh welcome our our queer yeah. overlords i am fine with that <laughs> i'll get so much more done <laughs> yeah, like, there, there was only like a couple moments in the movie that i didn't like because they were talking about like how weird everything was in the movie and i was like no 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 don't no stay in there i want to stay in here <laughs> like, <laughs> don't don't bring me out of this i'll i'll leave when it's over like i want to stay in this world yeah it was it was so funny i mean so many good lines like when she like made it seem like she fully committed murder yeah and... <laughs> spoiler alert because i guess a lot of people yeah. probably haven't seen it yet it's, it's i have not seen it yet but new, i did but... get a text today from my best man at my wedding uh who uh is like you guys got to see this movie and he is a, think, he is a queer individual so i'm sure it I is think that at your wedding instead of getting married you should walk up to the aisle and then pull down a projector screen just... and watch all of bottoms <laughs> of all your guests and then it would probably married. play really well it's gonna, gonna be it's gonna there, play mostly. well for for about 15% of that because I have had to break so many hearts this week of oh. them being like, hey, I don't remember if I RSVP'd for my partner or not. No, it's like, we did not give you an RSVP yeah. for your partner. You didn't have the option. Yeah, there was not an option, Alex Yang. Um, and and you only RSVP'd for yourself three months ago. And uh, if, if you want to add them, I'm so sorry. I have 200 Italian people coming to my goddamn wedding. Everybody knows the best time to confirm the number of people going to a wedding is the week before. That's it's, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I look, I got one who was uh, they were asking. They were very kind about it. I love them to death. Uh, and I was like, thank you for letting me know now because we are sending the email today. Like you have <laughs> you've come in under the wire. Thank you so much. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's gonna be a good time. I'm very excited. Let's talk Let's... some emotions here. Uh, what do you want to start with, Dan? I, I was thinking we start with the uh, the anger one, the not being seen. Sure. Like, I feel like that's that's the big heavy one. There's some lighter ones we can go into the, the break yeah, like on. Dying. This is, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that does lighten it up for me. I'm like, well, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, yeah, I like, do have some interesting thoughts on disgust that I want to share at some point. But Absolutely. I mean, we could start there if you want. Yeah. Well, I, so... I mean, when, when you asked me about disgust, the first thing that came to mind was like something that makes me so angry that it like becomes disgusting. But really, when we think about disgust, like it's hard to define. It's a challenging emotion to define. And I read a study in school. Um, Brag about it. <laughs> I read. <laughs> I, yeah, I can read. I read. Uh, and understand. No, I've never um, done that part. <laughs> I've seen a lot of words. I'm completely proficient in English. Um, <laughs> um, I in uh, the study was talking about that it theorized that maybe things that disgusted disgust us are things that remind us that we're like animals. So, for example, like if somebody cries, 
and gets their tears on you, that doesn't gross you out. But if someone blows snot on you or spit on you, right? Like that is almost the same thing. Like spit is like almost the same thing as tears. Mm-hmm. But we are so grossed out by those things, right? Like if someone spits on you, it's disgusting. If someone, you would never feel that way about tears. The argument being that like tears are one of the only things that like really make us human. And that things like sexual, like when, when people who feel homophobia or sorry, like, yeah, for example, people who are disgusted by gay sex, they might view it as like animalistic or somehow like immoral in some way. And so there's this theory that the, the irony that there not, is they're probably the same ones going, you don't see this in the animal kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which, by the way, lesbian seagulls, yeah, total lesbian seagulls. Total uh, that's my, that's my those favorite two penguins at the Glasgow Zoo too, right? I think it's Glasgow Zoo. There's two penguins. Uh, there's a great Daniel Sloss joke about it where he's like, there's two penguins at the Edinburgh Zoo. Uh, no, I think it's Edinburgh Zoo. Um, there's two penguins at the Edinburgh Zoo uh, that are two male penguins and they have to give them like a fake egg to carry around oh, yeah. because they don't understand so that they can't have an egg. <laughs> um, and then they're like, well, how do you, how does the, uh, how does a penguin know the difference between gender? Because all penguins look alike. And it's like, exactly. The penguins dumb little, dumb don't understand. <laughs> Do you know the Lesbian Seagull song? Lesbian Seagull. Is that a real song? It's a it's, real song. Uh, it's, a, it's basically just like a one-line joke in Beavis and Butthead. But mm-hmm. it's their, their hippie teacher sings, uh, fly with me, lesbian seagull, and then gets interrupted by something. And like, I saw that at exactly the right age and it's exactly the right length that that is just in my head. <laughs> like, so us? many things will. I, yeah, you guys keep talking. I will search it up. OK. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Getting back to let's 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 dive deep here on homophobia and prejudice before we hear the lesbian seagull song. <laughs> um, it's it's very interesting to me uh, what you're saying with this animalistic behavior thing like uh, earlier today i was in the kitchen at my workplace i lifted up a mug a cockroach crawled out and i thought uh oh that's disgusting but i'm an animal living within animal world Mm -hmm. that you know any other animal would be like yeah that is a bug Mm -hmm. some of those animals be like i could eat that that's meal that's food Mm -hmm. uh it's that that's a very interesting theory that it's all animalistic reaction because because I also things that remind me that I'm an animal like like things like you know things that discuss us are like when we see people with like open wounds or when we see people with like bodies right like so much of it is related to bodies like poop like yeah. you know bacteria when we see like mold when we see fungi like when we see decomposition it's those things that are like all so natural that mm-hmm. disgust us and so the question is why is that I mean obviously there's an argument to be made for like staying away from things, right? Like you don't want to eat something that's decomposing. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's like clicking into whatever to like remind you yeah. that like, don't go there. That's bad yeah. for you. You will die. <laughs> but then there's lots of things that we're disgusted by that don't protect us in any way. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like so French. that's like a, and like, there was this other, there was this other paper that I read. That's right. I read two, two? papers. Two. Two? Where are the time, <laughs> And <laughs> the second paper was talking about, well, is discuss something that's like an intuition or is it something that we come to intellectually? And they gave, this is kind of a weird 
story, but they gave all these people in the study, these responders, a vignette of like this brother and sister that decided to have sex. But in the vignette, they were like, they preempted every single possible argument against incest. They were like, it's 100% consensual and not coercive. Like they're going out of town away from everybody they know so no one will see them. They're using four forms of protection. They're using whatever, like, is this okay? And people still said no. And they'd be like, why? And they'd be like, well, they might have a baby. And they'd be like, but they're using three forms of birth control. And they'd be like, well, it might not be consensual. It's like, but it's consensual. And so their argument was that we have these like intuitions of things as being immoral or disgusting or wrong, but we they're but they're not actually like reasoned. And that like you can change how you feel about things over time, but it's a really gut instinctual reaction when you think about something as, you know, wrong or disgusting. So anyway, those are the two that's the two that's the academic framing that I wanted to contribute I, around discussing. I want I want to read that study and by that I mean to look at the words of that study and then not process any of it. Um <laughs> sure. are you ready to hear Lesbian Seagull? Yes, yeah. please. All right. And here's a song that might help you cope with some of those feelings. Okay. It's called Lesbian Seagull. She flies so gracefully over rocks, trees, and sand. Soaring over cliffs and gently floating down to land. Longer than I remembered. I forgot that she this was over top of this one scene. <laughs> voice to sound the mating call. And soon her mate responds by singing, Call, call, call. Come with me. Lesbian seagull, settle down and rest with me. Fly high, lesbian seagull. <laughs> the door got broken down. They, he was basically framed for a crime, and they were trying to track him down. And he had he had no idea that he was even framed for it. He was just kind of bystander, and everything. Most got people don't. To him. Yeah. When they are framed, they've never be like, ah, I was Tim. Uh, but yes, that is from uh, Beavis that, and Butthead to America. I think we found the song that you're going to walk down the aisle to. No, I'm walking down the aisle to an orchestral version of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Thank oh. you very much. I can change that. I had to listen to so. Wait, am I walking down to that or Rainbow Connection? Can I walk down the aisle to Lesbian Seagull? Yes. <laughs> the Kermit version of Rainbow Connection? Of course. Someday we'll find, find it. it. The, rainbow the rainbow connection. connection. <laughs> I I learned that I could do a Kermit voice, and I don't have it right now because I kind of have a less of a voice than I want right now. But I learned doing karaoke that somebody was like, I'll do Rainbow Connection. And I was like, only if I can do it as Kermit. And they were like, yeah, of course. And then I just did <laughs> the whole song. <laughs> it's not easy being green. I could do that even... a little bit. Like, you're, all you have to do very, is like... You're very close. To not yeah. think that you're close. <laughs> uh, no, it's very close. Uh, I can, I, as a kid, I could do what I called like the Miss Piggy anger power up, which is just the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just the rage build of of Miss Piggy. The the only one I could ever really lock in, and I wonder if I can right now because because my throat's a little raspy, but I could only do like. Tom Waits. The, the quick <laughs> Mickey Mouse laugh. Oh, the huh? Huh? It's, no, it's not there. I can't, I can't quite like drop it the way I need to, but like, 
I I was so proud of it. Like I did it the one time, and people started like you looking like the Mickey like, Mouse at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't been charged, but he's just gonna hang out there for a while. <laughs> he's detained. He's oh, not no. under arrest. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do terrorism. <laughs> I mean, it's too many words for me to do in an impression I can barely handle, but like, probably didn't do terrorism. <laughs> I just, now I'm just thinking about Mickey Mouse at Abu Ghraib, and I think we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. Uh, I'm dying. just picturing a Banksy thing. <laughs> just a Did that change Banksy the subject word. enough? How's it feel to die? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Is that a fear that you do have? Like, do you fear that it's it's over before you're finished? Or is it a fear of uh, what happens next? Or I think I will never feel finished. Mm. And I think that... That's where we differ. Yeah. <laughs> George, as, as soon as that wedding happens, he's done. I'm done. <laughs> All boxes checked. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just extreme FOMO. But yeah, it is. It is. It is a big fear. Well, that's the uh, the the streetlight line that uh, I can't remember now. Where it's just like, and are you gonna quote a ska song on poorly, this podcast? I'm gonna paraphrase a ska song because the words aren't coming to me. But that, like the the moment I realized that like life goes on without me thing, where I'm like, fuck mm. off, this is ska. You're not supposed to do that to me. Yeah, yeah, and it's so surprising coming from you and not from me. Uh, it happens as sometimes. the as this poet laureate of ska on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching a TV show the other day that they had like read a poem in it about death. That was like mm. I just like, got to me, and I was like, oh god, I need to not watch TV ever again. Yeah, I hate when stuff like that sneaks up on you, where you're like, I'm having a nice time. These people put together a really nice product for me to win. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. It's that reminds a- me a lot of the uh there's like a Pete Holmes joke that's just sort of like offhanded where you just like it's tough to to wrestle with mortality and just exist in your normal life where it's just like you're at Froyo going, So how does this work with all the cookies and the candies and you just go by weight? It's just by weight. Where did grandma go? <laughs> <laughs> I have the poem if you guys want to hear a really sad poem. Yeah, about absolutely. Do that and then we will uh spin the wheel and and see what we're doing for the second half. That's that's a we're perfect ending. It. We're gonna of roll this first from one. a poem about okay. death into you know a what? parody song. Yes, we I'll are. do it in Kermit's voice to make it less sad. Thank oh, you. Oh please. Uh, can you say first what it was from? What was the So the show was When Heroes Fly, which is like an Israeli TV show about oh, okay. like soldiers that think someone's dead and then whatever. Uh, and so this is a, a Hebrew poem that's translated to English. It's by Yehuda Amachai. It's called The Resurrection of the Dead. So, okay, I will try to be like, it's not okay. Deep, deep breaths. <laughs> we are buried. <laughs> we are buried with everything we did, with our tears and our laughs. We've made storerooms of history out of it all. Galleries of the past and treasure houses buildings and walls and endless stairs of iron and marble in the cellars of time. We will not take anything with us. It's like turning into Obama a little bit. Like, so. <laughs> you can get the cadence a little, yeah. Uh, look. Uh, <laughs> we will not take anything with us. Uh, even plundering kings. Let's try We can do like uh, Mickey can finish out. 
even plundering kings. <laughs> <laughs> they all left something here. Lovers and conquerors, happy and sad. They all left something here. A sign, a house, like a, like a man who seeks to return to a beloved place and purposely forgets a book, a basket, a pair of glasses, so that he will have an excuse to come back to the beloved place. In the same way we leave things here, in the same way the dead leave us. All right. Let's spin that wheel so I can take a break and uh, breathe again for a second. Because, you know, laughing was nice, but uh, the normal voice stuff at the end. <laughs> All right, let's see what we're doing. And we're doing helpless. Helpless. All right. Oh, when we come back from the break, let's talk helpless. All right. Hey, I'm Danny. I'm John. And we host Blanket and Covers, the show where we cover the covers. Have you ever thought about trying to find every single version of Angel of the Morning? Or careless whispers. That's an us thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if that's something that you think you would be into, I think you should definitely check out our show. We think that by listening to every version of a song that has ever been done can like gain something new. Yeah. Each week we do a, a deep dive through a band's catalog or one specific song. Season one is out there now. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Hold on, wait. I'm just, I want to try something real quick. You said you were good. I, <laughs> I was on, good. Wait. But now I just, I just want to try something. Are you, are you going to supply us with a media <laughs> input? I did Lesbian Steagle. Lizzie gave us that really no, sad poem. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to read another sad poem in a, in a Kermit accent to see if it works on all of us. All right. So, all right. Go for it. Cause I feel helpless in uh, trying to stop you. Yeah, you can't, you can't stop me. I heard a fly buzz when I died. <laughs> the stillness in the room was like the stillness in the air between the heaves of storm. Oh, Emily Dickinson. Fantastic. What makes you feel helpless? <laughs> Kirby, that's too sad, Kirby. <laughs> I wish I could do a, a waka waka. No, I mean waka waka. Uh, there was a song I wrote when I was an emo musician uh, where it was a person asking You're always their partner. An emo I was always a musician. It's never, nothing's changed. Uh, but it was a it was a person asking their partner if they would be their widow. So it was like they had a terminal illness. Neat. And they were like, okay, well, no, I, I have the rare opportunity of asking someone if they would would like to be my widow. What is this? <laughs> that one bummer of a Glenn Campbell song where it's like, yeah, if Alzheimer's want to laugh about it for a second before you die crying. And I forget it. Uh, moving on. <laughs> helpless. Yeah. What makes you feel helpless? Oh, so many things. I mean, like delayed flights, canceled mm -hmm. flights. Ooh. That is the worst Right. I mean, being on a plane in general, you're completely giving up mm -hmm. all control. It, it's weird. I'm really good at kind of doing the, the go with God kind of thing when I'm on a plane. Whatever happens when I'm on the plane, whatever. Yeah. You put your but headphones yeah, in. All that other stuff that you were saying, 
gives me so much anxiety that the plane is like, all right, cool. We did it. Well, Deep breath. I'm, I'm okay with giving up control on a plane because, like, if I was in control, we'd all die. I'm not yeah. trying to be like, pull yeah. me in, coach. You know, like, <laughs> you do you. But but every other part of it, like like the lack of the lack of control that we have when you actually start to think about it is astonishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, death, right? I think it's such a big fear for me because I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do to stop it. Right. And um, my dog it's around Bowie, every corner. <laughs> my dog Bowie like had a had an illness and thank God he's like still alive. It's like an absolute miracle to make a wish situation with him every single day. It's like truly <laughs> astonishing. But like I felt so helpless. I felt like I was responsible for keeping him alive. But it's like there was nothing I could really do. I mean, I did. I succeeded. I cheated death for you, him. You beat death. But like, yeah. But like really there it, uh, it was so yeah. hard. Final destination moved on to the next dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah fuck, fuck everyone else's dogs. <laughs> this is my dog. Live forever. Uh, but like, yeah, it's uh, it, it, there's there's so many. Th- I mean, I think helplessness is kind of like the state that we're in to a certain extent, and then situations that really highlight that are very, very, are very, very hard for me personally. Yeah. So, so, so when you talk, when you think about helplessness, there's very few moments in your life because I do feel like it's we sometimes break these down into like positive and negative. Like, is it a positive helplessness or a negative helplessness? And it feels like helplessness is more, you know, heavily weighted towards the negative. But is there any instance of like helpless being just like, uh, uh-huh. like you just kind of like, okay, let's ride, let's ride the rapids, see what happens. Because uh, I find that helps in those. So like if I just recently, speaking of airports and stuff, I had to go get my global global passport thing done it's not a passport but it's global entry so i can just skip the line and shit and casey really really wanted it for a honeymoon and i missed it by an hour so i had to drive to jfk to get another appointment and i was just standing in line for five hours at jfk on tuesday and just being sent back to the end of the line at the end of every hour because everyone showed up for their appointments uh and it was and at, after the third hour, it became less of an annoyance and more of just like, let's see how far this can go. Yeah, like I'm completely helpless. I am at the mercy of a woman with a clipboard. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, and a part I of me just sort know. of turned off the anger about it and just went like, okay. I think it would take me a really long time to like be like, yep, this is my reality now. Like, I think I would like try literally everything possible to avoid standing there for five hours, even if I ended up and I'm not saying you didn't, but like it would take me a long time to just be like, yep, this is it. Like, I just I'm like, I'm going to exhaust every possible resource that I can think of. And like, you know, like I really wanted to go. (laughs) I had vacation plans to to visit my girlfriend in uh, she was in Europe. And I was meeting up with her at the end of Europe, at the end of her Europe trip for us to be together in Spain. The end of Europe. They got rid <laughs> of it. the end. <laughs> it's now extended yeah. Africa. The bed bugs take everyone out. <laughs> um, no, which, by the way, I mean, another thing that makes me feel helpless is bed bugs. But I sure. mean, that's my little nightmare. Oh, any um, any critter yes. that's out at night, I'm like, uh I guess just please don't do don't do your worst to me like you're gonna be out you're gonna do your thing and I'm not gonna be awake to stab you but like come on have some restraint I, I think that bed bugs would ruin my life I has been a, a lifelong fear um but yeah but I was going to meet up with her and I was nervous that our, my flight would get canceled um because I have anxiety and I was like let me just check to make sure that the flights last few days have been going off just fine 
and they had emergency landed back in Boston after taking off, both of them. And I called them, I was like, hey, what's up with your planes? Level Airlines, budget version of Iberian Airlines, <laughs> which like, why the fuck am I even flying you? Um, and I like exhausted every option. And what I ended up doing was buying a different ticket to go there two days before. And I was like, if I feel like my plane's not gonna get canceled, then I'll return this ticket. It was like unhinged. And then I called Level Airlines and I was like, will you re cancel my return flight? Cause I don't really care about coming back. You know, yeah, <laughs> as long yeah. as you get there. In Europe, stay in Europe. Yeah, I was like, you cancel my return? Yeah. I was like, you cancel my return? They were like, no. And I was like, that's bizarre because I really feel like you're going to. And they're like, no, we won't. And I Googled it and the Spanish Supreme Court made it illegal to like cancel a return if you don't take your two. So like Spain's like the one place in the world that you can fly and they'll do that. But I was like so nervous and felt so helpless about my flight, maybe not getting there, that I literally like bought a ticket to leave two days before I was supposed to leave to meet up with her. Wow. Yeah, no, that's 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 a level of see i like your helplessness because your helplessness is married to resourcefulness so yeah, it's very proactive if, you, if i'm helpless <laughs> i just sort of well it's over uh and and sometimes it's acceptance and a good thing and sometimes it's like i will i'll just sit i was raised uh partly by my dad who is the person that at a way too young age said hey man if the bombs drop we're going out to a field with lawn chairs and we're just gonna bite the thing off the tip of it when it lands on long island for summer like he just like imprinted in brains is like it's over we're not surviving you with me mm -hmm. uh so i don't my, have a choice dad <laughs> the fact that yours is like i feel helpless and I'm going to fix it. Uh, and I'm going to have contingency plans. And it reminds me a lot of my fiance, where she is the same ba, sort ba, ba, of person. Ba. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing where, you know, for our wedding, she was like, okay, cool. I want to, I want to look hot in my wedding dress and I want to earn more money so we can pay for the wedding. And I want to do something that's good for me. So she just became a spin instructor. It was very <laughs> L woods. Like what? Like it's hard. She just put no other thought into like, yeah, I'm going to go do this because it checks off these these boxes that will make me feel less helpless. And I go for walks and listen to John K. Sampson to calm down. <laughs> like uh, my helpless is just like there is no solution. We're just helpless. We're just in the ocean on a raft. Yeah, I mean, that's how my girlfriend is. She, I, I feel like you need to have one chill person in the relationship. Mm -hmm. She's like, I want to die if there's a zombie apocalypse. I don't want to like yeah. see Who person am I I've fighting? ever <laughs> known or loved become a zombie. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a, I have an emergency supply kit with a machete in it. Like, I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> I yeah. have iron tablets in case there's radiation fallout. You can take them and they fill your thyroid up so you can't soak up any of the Smart. iodine stuff i don't really know how it works i gotta get on that <laughs> i trust it <laughs> see see yeah, that's me, that's my that's my resourcefulness out of being helpless to be like ah oh, i should do that and i'm gonna yeah. put it down in my book and i'm not gonna do it <laughs> well, should do. like you probably don't need to you know sure. but i'd rather I have them my specific I, brand of currencies uh, this sounds like lizzie going yeah, I don't. I don't think you should, because I want more of it. Yeah, for I'm gonna me. need to <laughs> stockpile. 
Please. You don't need. You don't it's need not any of that. This. Good of an idea. I want Mormon grade like bucket beak stroganoff. That's what I want. You guys know about that? We're like out in Utah. They prep a ton. They're like big prepper scene. Because mm. watch, watch Doomsday Preppers first. on Discovery when you're like in a waiting room waiting to get your global entry, like I did. They inspire uh, me. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just it was a fucking like Home Depot bucket with a sticker on it that just said beef stroganoff. And what you do is you just add hot water to it and mix it with, I don't know. It, it <laughs> needs to be like an or for something that big. Uh, and you have like food for a month and it's just beef, beef stroganoff. Just a month? Bulk. Just a month. <laughs> but you buy like a six pack and you're good for half a year. Wow. Yeah. Can I, can I do that Disgusting. now? Do I have to yeah, wait for things to go nuts? My stepbrother <laughs> does it all the time. He's he's army aviation. Uh, he will not be coming to the wedding because he's on call, I guess. But he uh, he was like, well, yeah, I don't want to cook food. So I just made a like 50 gallon vat of chili. And then I've spooned all of the chili into to go containers. And I have that for about the next two months. So he's just eating chili. <laughs> that is so efficient. And disgusting. It's giving, it's giving dog energy, like yeah. eating the same canned <laughs> every meal. And that brings us to our sponsor, the farmer's dog. Uh, are you a, a military rat that needs to be fed, but no one's around to cook for you? The farmer's dog. <laughs> are you a uh, human being who's been referred to as the family dog? <laughs> farmer's dog. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Helplessness is... It's a tough thing because there is so much in this world that can make you feel helpless. Like your specific example of of going through the airport and like and going traveling where it's just you have to leave it up to other people is such an unnerving thing for a lot of people. What is the solutions that you've come up with? Or is it just like, okay, I'm gonna feel helpless, but I know it'll be okay at the end? Or do you have certain things that you check off? to bring yourself down and feel like a little bit more in control in the moment, not buying a ticket to make sure you can go yeah. home two days before, but like small picture. Yeah. Small picture stuff. I mean, I think that what I'm trying to do is be more okay with helplessness mm -hmm. and less like I can solve it and think of every possible thing that could go wrong and just fix it. And I've sort of had this mantra that I've been saying lately that I saw embroidered on a sweatshirt. So not really like a best place for every slogan. Yep. <laughs> and and it Just said, do it. It said, what if it all works out? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it said, it said Adidas. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Adidas. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I, it's weird that that's the, the slogan that you were saying though the actual one the real thing you said because i say that all the time and it's like mm. my go-to line of like i'm talking about talking to meg just for <laughs> for context but like we're, we're very opposite and i'm aggressively positive and she's aggressively negative and it works in the middle when we talk yeah thank you so much for booking me on the show on saturday yes it's been that's fun right. to get both texts. That, that's how I met Lizzie was ghosted. George is doing his first ever ghosted oh, this Saturday. It was so fun. It was yeah. the most fun. I'm, I read I'm some writing of those, for Dan. I read some of those jokes uh, at a, at like that uh, Zach wrote for me at a, at a show the next day that I was headlining, and it was so fun. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> the two of you, and like I'm definitely forgetting people because it was, you know, we met 
eight people a night or whatever. But I think the two of you might have been my my favorite combination of sets that I liked of comics I'd never seen before and two people who understood how to write for each other. Mm. It was just like two sets that were start to finish of like your own material to what was written for you was just perfect. It was just like a, a full understanding of what you were supposed to do that day. Thank you. The thing about Zach and I is we take we take our assignments very seriously. We're both big nerds. So if you give us a job, we will we will do it. But yeah, it was, I, I it also was, really I mean, this might be what's coloring it for me is I really enjoyed talking about both of your processes because it was like, this is what I do. And like, it's my show. So hearing people, not my show, it's Meg's show. And I'm also on it. But like hearing people approach it the same way I do. And it's like a thing I take very seriously because it's a, like it's my baby now. But like mm. to hear people come at it with that same energy, I'm like, yes, you get it. This is so cool. <laughs> Like it's it needs really that. Cool it needs the work. You hear that, George? It needs the work. Put in the work. <laughs> I'm putting in the work. the work. It's just I'm mostly. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm just. I'm just writing against type. But you've already told me that people have done that for you, and uh, and it worries me that I. I don't want to be hack. I just want to. I just want to. It. I want to create. Uh, I want to differentiate between Dan Getz and the character I create of Dan Getz. It, it shouldn't be hard. Like I, and it is. I'll, I'll it's tell really my. Hard. I'll tell my silliest, dumbest jokes, and you can make me an asshole, and it's fine. Make me an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing that's so fun about the show too is that, like, one thing I've always thought about uh, improv comedy is that, like, it's mostly funny because I mean, and sorry if anyone does improv. Like, I did improv it's for many mostly years. Mostly funny. It's mostly <laughs> funny because the bar is so low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I used to work for this show like way, way, way back in the day. I was like an assistant on the show called Setlist, which was like improvised stand up. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and it was mostly horrible, <clears throat> even though it was like the best comedians in the world doing it because it's like fucking hard to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love Ghosted because you guys have that improvised feel of like the deliveries improvised and the comedian is surprised. So yeah. you get an audience with you on your side like that. And then you also have then really good fucking jokes if the person is a good writer. And so I think it's like, it's like such a cool premise and such a cool opportunity because you have both like the more polish and thought throughness of stand up, and also like the crowd really rooting for you and really wanting to laugh and really oh, hoping yeah. that it goes well. And that's like, that's very, very nice. Yeah, it's like it's the first time doing stand up in a long time, like since I was new, like where you would go up and be like, I'm new that like you kind of had a net that like people would be like, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll go with you a little bit. Like, you totally have a net. You totally have a net. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a great it's a, it's really fun. What were we talking about before that? <laughs> Helplessness. And I was looking up one of my favorite set list jokes uh, from a comedian that I think is canceled. So now I can't talk about it. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. You can Goku. say the joke. They improvised it. It's not even theirs for real. Yeah, is is <laughs> the the prompt was menopausal frog, and it was a, a just like a really good ribbit, uh, but it was so good. I remember laughing hysterically at set list. I just went down memory lane of like binging <laughs> all the set list clips. <laughs> Some of the clips were good, right? But I mean, I saw a lot of it live, like because I went with them to, um, the Galway Comedy Festival, and I like Ooh. helped some of the behind the scenes stuff back in the day 
uh, again, I was like an intern. I was at the very bottom of the totem pole. But uh, so, you know, some of it's really good and there's really good moments. But then there's a lot of stuff that's just like, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. I remember yeah. watching the, the YouTube version of it where it was like, there's no way this was the entire set. <laughs> there, you you yeah, got one good no. line here. There was definitely something before it that they did not show me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there are specific comedians who are really good at it. And then there are other comedians that won't touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Miller was is really good at it. That was Manifold. Is that the one? Yeah. <laughs> he canceled? He, like, the, there was a woman that came forward that said that there were allegations. But from what I understand, it was only the one story. And both him and his wife unequivocally like denied and said like this person has kind of put us on the spot for years over something that like was weird and because it was in the middle of it like the me too movement gathering a lot of steam that it was just easier to be like sit down and don't argue with it for at least a little bit and then we'll talk about it later i I don't think i knew about that one but i did know about the time we called in the bomb threat and everyone was really pissed off about him Okay. Yeah. He like, he like made up a bomb, a threat. bomb threat. I forget. Yeah. I forget to where, but it was one of those where like it was just doing a bit, but he called in a real life bomb threat. Oh Funny my bit. god! Funny. Funny. Outback Steakhouse had to evacuate for twenty minutes. <laughs> it's so American a now. This is called a callback steakhouse now, baby. <laughs> um, I okay. Well, I didn't know he was canceled, but. But I mean, uh, what, it's fine. What, they still exist as people yeah. you can talk about. Like, I, it's whatever. It's not <laughs> yeah. like we're celebrating them. Fucking I, my friend, Pete Holmes, my friend, one of my favorite comedians of all time, just like posted a video with Thomas Middleditch, and I was like, too fresh. Too fresh. Thomas Middleditch was canceled? Yeah. I am I really not paying attention. He likes to uh, go up to ladies at bars and be like, hi, I'm a celebrity, and I'm going to touch you unwantedly. Oh, my God. Cool that's not Cool um, bit, fun bit. I hate that so Talk much. Talk about helpless. My friend thinks of me as like the Grim Reaper of people getting canceled because I like told him that Louis was going to get canceled. And the next day, there's obviously no way that I could have known that this was going to happen. The next day, the New York Times thing about Louis came out and he called mm-hmm. me and was like, what the fuck? And I was like, we are, was who like, else have you talked about? LA, like <laughs> everyone in LA like knew that he did that. Like it was an, it, like everybody knew that Louis did that. It's just no one cared. I mean, I cared, but like I didn't have any power. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was, was like so- the whole uh, when when Hannibal did the Cosby stuff, where like yeah, if he didn't do it in Philly, where everybody like still actively like daily seemed to give a shit about Cosby, it probably still would have like gone under the rug. Because like after that, people were like, yeah, he's been doing that stuff for like three years. Like that wasn't a new bit that it, like he was working out for the first time. It's like. People have heard him do that over and over and over. It was like doing it in Philly where they're like, this is our guy. How dare you? That like ire actually came from it. Yeah. I think something about like the consciousness shifted. I mean, there was like the political moment that like people finally woke up to it. And, you know, I mean, like it, uh, I think it went very far and like, obviously there's, you know, challenging situations and situations on the margins. But for the most part, I mean, it was like, I'm glad that, that contra- the consciousness shifted in, yeah. in that it's it's become very interesting where like my mom will suggest songs for our like mother son dance and it'll be like oh do you want to do like beautiful boy by john lennon and the beatles and i'm like no because he did awful shit and like that's my memory of john lennon now is it's not that 
he wrote Imagine. It's that he was an awful father and I don't want to dance with my mother to a song about his other kid, you know? Like there's just, even though one of the songs that we are dancing to at the wedding, the uh, singer is mildly off the hook, on the hook. Hmm? Ooh. Uh, Do I have to wait till the night? <laughs> no, is, I mean, it igni- is it the remix to Ignition? It is. It, the it's actually the original. It's not the remix. Yeah, like, this is our. This is how we get through this. No one actually wants this. Uh, we are supposed to dance to a 1975 song, but we have three in the chamber of like, in case something happens in between, we got three other ones we can choose from. <laughs> I fully think you should take my approach, which is just not paying attention to the news yeah. and not. Any of this that has worked out sure. really well for me Ignorance for a is long bliss. time. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not that invested in any of these people's lives. That like, when stuff happens for them, poor, like bad, even good or bad, I guess. But like, it doesn't affect me. Like it's, it doesn't change my day to day. It's like, oh yeah, it's good to know that that mm-hmm. happened, I guess. But like, what am I gonna do? They're, I don't, I, I don't know their friends. Like. <laughs> I went to this show once. I don't remember if it was a concert or a comedy show, but there was this DJ opening up and he was like playing like greatest hits of like people who had died. And he just kept one after another being like, make some noise for, you know, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye's dead. Right. And he would like, he'd be like, he's up in heaven and like point up. And then everyone would be like, woo. And he just like kept going, kept going. And then he finally said, make some noise for Michael Jackson. And then like, I like looked around and he was like, he's up in heaven. And I like pointed like down. I'm like, you know, I don't know if he, you know, I don't have the same concept as afterlife certainly as, as this DJ, but like, come on. I love a DJ that believes in heaven. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unambiguously in heaven. Yeah, no, he. we actually told our DJ. Little that, Michael, like, maybe? Little Michael's allowed in heaven. Michael's inner child is allowed. Um, but No, uh, that one's we, the problem. His actual <laughs> child was fine. <laughs> uh, we, uh, what was it? We, uh, we told our DJ that if you want to play a Michael Jackson song, just play a Prince song instead. <laughs> I mean, that's a good rule even before all the stuff came out and like yeah. was super confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Play Prince. That, that's me Prince advocating better. for Prince. He really <laughs> needs me to get behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Prince, Should we see what so people underrated. on the internet said? Let's see what they said about Prince. Our helplessness. Unhelplessness. <laughs> Alright, so we got a a pretty honest one from the jump here. Applying for jobs and feeling like the application disappears into the void, knowing that my unemployment runs out in a month and not having a plan. Yeah. That, that'll that do it to you. For I sure. mean, anytime that, like, your future is in somebody else's hands and there's no, like, immediate timeline to it either, that's like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to handle that feeling. Like, I'm really good at, like, Oh, this is the new this is the new situation. Like, let's figure out the plan. Let's go. But as soon as I have to like pass it off, I'm like, I I am out of my depth here. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, let's see what else we got here. Unless my computer doesn't want to play nice. Well, perfect. Because the next one is troubleshooting computer stuff. No kidding. 
Look at that. Look at that serendipity. I feel helpless when the universe me right serves now. me things like that. <laughs> really? Really? You're going to line that up exactly how my show needs it? Thank you, universe. But like, what Thanks, else are you doing? universe. You're giving me the good. You're going to give me the bad, too. Like, what is it? What's the bad? Now, a lot of people seem to uh, to be coming through on this response. Uh, basically, anytime I have to do a school assignment, I have a thing I never that have I that think stress. is like forced, forced helplessness where it's just the ADHD kicks in and it's and it's now I'm not going to do anything and then I'm going to be upset that I didn't do anything. Does that make sense? Oh, that like shutdown version of it where like yeah. you keep trying to force the actual thing you need to do. But like the yeah. brain's like, no, this thing, though. But about my this brain thing? is screaming at me that like, hey, I have to do the thing. Like, I have to do the dishes. You need to do the dishes. And my brain just like it doesn't commute to legs and, and hands to go get like go do the thing. I mean, it you changed just... it to chores and that changes my whole perspective. But when it was about school assignments, it was just my I that's always chore. Just, for me. I always just let my brain do the other thing. Like it was mm-hmm. it was fine. Cause like I I knew that like I was like in my head I was doing the work. That like when it came time to do it, the peripheral will just kind of become front and center and it would it would all come out pretty quick like that i figured out when i was in like middle school that that's how my brain worked with school assignments and i was like i don't actually have to work that hard anymore and i'd be a lot further in life if i didn't realize that when i was a child (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see we got uh my anxiety and codependency when i wake up in the morning um only being able to afford shitty insurance and always being afraid of a health crisis. Yep. There yeah. is no insurance that isn't shitty, I think. How dare you? Thing, I was like, raised uh, on State Farm. I have okay insurance right now, but figuring out... Job? Yeah. It's, like, not great, but, like, it's it's fine. It, it It serves every purpose I need it to, but when I need to, like, figure out my primary care physician, it makes it impossible, and so many things need me to do that first so like it provides all of the care and like coverage that i need but it doesn't give me step one in an easy way that's like just come on like give me the list let me pick the mm-hmm. one closest to me and let's move on but it's like no that's not how this works so considering what i was saying uh, a second ago where it's like oh you can't bring yourself to do those things um I've had insurance. Like I've had jobs that provide me with insurance and I have still yet go to a doctor or a dentist because I can't like the helplessness of getting into that world, like walking through that threshold and having to go through all the steps is so daunting that I'd rather just rot. (laughs) This combines our current conversation and the me too movement, but I Googled my doctor's name the other day to make a doctor's appointment to go see him. And I like didn't, know his office number so I googled his name and the first thing that came up was Boston area doctor arrested for lewd acts on an airplane is that like an old story or like since the last time you saw him literally like in August but he did the thing in May and was arrested in August I was googling it in September and I I called my doctor and I was like what the fuck and they were like they we gave you a new PCP and I was like why didn't you tell me pass that information along that this happened even that is like sort of invasive of like wait you just told you just assigned me a new doctor like without without choice or or like a heads up you just gave me a new doctor like that's 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 uncomfortable too the Mm -hmm. whole thing is bizarre 
Truly. Uh, yeah. And they should inform you about that. Uh, as we had to inform my grandmother that a close family friend was going to prison for many, many years. Uh, oh, yes. on. I want to, I want to Google how many years. Oh yeah. You want the exact number? Case. I yeah, believe it was 30. The, 30 years was when uh, my my grandma's friend's son is getting sent to prison for for high crimes. I think it was 30. Yes. Yeah. What are the crimes? 30. It's, it's uh, Danny Masterson. <laughs> yeah. My my grandma is friends with their father um, who they don't talk to because Scientology does not allow you to communicate with anyone outside of the church. Really bearing the lead Me. on Danny Masterson and it's your grandma's friend. <laughs> it's like, well, my grandma's friends with their dad. Yeah. <laughs> never, I would never have guessed that in a million years. I've been on, I've been on trips with Christopher Masterson, and I gotta say, not fun anymore. Not fun to bring <laughs> that up anymore. You really can't mention it. Yeah. Oh God. You That's were the like, biggest victim of this I am. whole. This is about me. If anybody's uh, suffering, <laughs> it's me and my fun vacations with the mess. You can't even dance at your wedding to the That 70s Show theme song anymore. So I fun. love Big Star. And all Big he ever did was hanging bit. out down the street. And it, it was so fitting. <laughs> oh, you know what? Fuck it. We ball. We're going we're gonna to listen to that and uh, Pretty Young Thing by Michael Why Jackson right at the only- end. only do canceled artists and see if anyone <gasps> that, says no, so there's a that's there's a, a theater move. up the road from my house that they genuinely just keep on doing oh that. right yeah that's they, real. They, they, did, they did a festival called the icarus festival and it was people that oh. had been wrongfully canceled by the media and it's like no no that's no no not my angle for those listening at home yeah. <laughs> i don't think any of these were wrongful cancellations yeah, yeah Lizzie no, you just were doing it herself as a, as a monster at and the i end. said no no they're doing this <laughs> I, I love this, that. I love that character. The person who loves bottoms and is a monster. We're <laughs> a comedian who loves bottoms and then comes out against cancel culture yeah. and for men's rights in the, yeah. in the final 30 seconds. You Could, should, you you should go up. see bottoms. You should absolutely go see bottoms. But I just feel like what it was missing was a guest starring role from, uh, uh, you know, anyone. Let's pick just a say, person. pick a canceled person. Let's just say, I don't know, Russell Brand. Let's just say it could use a little Russell Brand je ne sais quoi. <laughs> you know, you know I'll, I'll give you credit for the attempt there because it is really hard to make a joke about a canceled person that is worth it and funny because you yeah. have to pick the right level of canceled where it's like, yeah, I get why they're canceled, but like, fine. Like it's, and that's not Russell Brand. <laughs> I think like that was the wrong choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck Russell Brand. <laughs> he's, a, he's a monster. Um, what else we got from the people? Um, let's see. The continued lynching of black people by the state. Hell yeah. Not not a perspective that, I can comment on, but you know, a voice I, I felt like uh belongs here. I uh I that came I, after I, the I same know, person said taxes. I wanna I, Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the person that wrote that friend of the show, but we don't usually mention people's names in the in the in the things that they've said on the show. But uh I love the fact that he thought that he could send in that answer and then that we could have a low like a stirring conversation about yes. it. We, with, can. With we experience. can be good we can be we can be good anti-racist allies. <laughs> I think I think anything that is state sponsored anything, it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I mean like we are a democracy, right? But like I feel so helpless about everything in the fucking government. We don't have control over anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I already forget if the Gitmo stuff was on the show or before we started, but it's it's no secret. We've talked about my Gitmo shirt before, but like 
it's it's that thing of like these people Your uniform from when you worked there you mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone saw the pictures. It's a small world. The pictures it's just are the on the internet. room. <laughs> they blurred your face, but we could tell that it was you. Yeah. My my close friends knew it right away, and they didn't keep it a secret. <laughs> friends. So like it's it's that though of like the the government just decided that these people were criminals, charged them with nothing, and put them in prison thousands of miles from anyone they've ever known and anyone who could help them mm -hmm. like that's that's the definition of helpless it's it's so horrifying because when when you look back at when it happened because it's it's not a thing that existed before 9 11 9 11 mm -hmm. happened gitmo opened and they just put people there and left them there literally some people are getting out now most people there's no end in sight like and we're going over 20 years 22 years yeah. Yeah. And like I mean you hear yeah. those stories and then you're like, Oh, but that that story I just heard on the news about somebody in my city is pretty similar. Like there's no actual crime. They're using public opinion and forming that opinion to then put that person away. And it's like, yeah, they, they have like rights and representation here that like isn't exactly equivalent, but it's not better. Sorry, I'm just yeah, up I mean, the, the people who are up. in jail for selling weed and weed is fully legal mm -hmm. now. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, not fully legal, but like is legal like that is infuriating. Yeah. yeah, the the number of cities where it is totally legal, where it is still a movement to get even attention to the fact that like, hey, they're still in jail. Mm -hmm. Like it's not it's not even it's not a thing that just kind of came with it. And like, yeah, I, I get that like you probably have to come up with the rehab programs and all of that because you know when you're not part of society and society's moved on somebody needs to update you but like nobody's doing that nobody's trying to create the programs to put these people who basically did nothing wrong and at this point legally did nothing wrong nobody's coming up with a way to reintroduce them to the society that has moved past them. Well, Thomas Middleditch was, but then he got canceled. Yeah. And that is why That's, you know, I am on the one woman crusade <laughs> to bring back all of the men who have been wrongfully canceled. No, Thomas Middleditch wasn't doing shit, but taking that paycheck home. But no, I agree with you. Yeah, everyone's got to go watch that transplant show, that situation comedy about people who fall in love with a transplant. That was Thomas Middleditch's last TV show. So, I remember that. I remember those two episodes cute. of television before it was. <laughs> <laughs> you want to um, do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Late stage capitalism. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that actually kind of ropes into what the, the guest talking about, um, you know, say what it is lynching in America is that like in late stage capitalism, anything fucking flies and to be helpless in the home country that you are in to feel unsafe and unwelcome in the home country that you are in because the entire system is failing you yeah on a mass when, scale when is, people coming into this country with specific intention to help the country have to take a test that the people in charge of the country can't pass we're done that's it it's over yeah, yeah. it's 
it's i'm fine with uh splitting everything up again and just having many countries like we should just be europe we not like politically but i guess sort of politically but like we yeah, there's no way we could yeah we there's no way that like we can relate on a global scale on a, on a on a nationwide scale of like okay me that lives in a metropolitan area in northern new jersey like how the fuck am i supposed to relate to a you know a person in agriculture in nebraska or in or in oklahoma like we lived very different lives how the fuck do we find common ground after being taught entirely different histories over the course of our entire like our entire lives and the lives before us like it's anyway, just bad we do have to end the show but it's a no, we don't. I'm gonna transition to the end so lizzie thank you very much for joining us we will definitely have you back and continue these and uh other fun topics <laughs> tune in next week when i solve america i shook my computer so hard that the usb interface popped out so you guys just like came through the computer for a second that's, wow, 40. Uh, yeah, that's going back to the uh, computer issues, whatever. Ending on your own helplessness. I feel helpless now. We did it. We achieved the emotion. <laughs> and Congratulations, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do to stop it. Right. And, um, my dog it's around Bowie, every corner. <laughs> my dog Bowie like had a had an illness, and thank God he's like still alive. It's like an absolute miracle to make a wish situation with him every single day. It's like truly <laughs> astonishing. But like I felt so helpless. I felt like I was responsible for keeping him alive. But it's like there was nothing I could really do. I mean, I did. I succeeded. I cheated death for you, him. You beat death. Like, yeah. But like really, there it, uh, it was so yeah, hard. Final destination. Moved on to the next dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck everyone else's dogs. <laughs> this is my dog. Live forever. <laughs> Uh, but like, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, there's, there's so many, th- I mean, I think helplessness is kind of like the state that we're in to a certain extent. And then situations that really highlight that are very, very, are very, very hard for me personally. Yeah. So, so, so when you talk, when you think about helplessness, there's very few moments in your life. Cause I do feel like it's, we sometimes break these down into like positive and negative, like, is it a positive helplessness or a negative helplessness? And it feels like helplessness is more you know heavily weighted towards the negative but is there any instance of like helpless being just like uh uh-huh. like you just kind of like okay let's ride let's ride the rapids see what happens uh because i find that helps in those so like if i just recently speaking of airports and stuff i had to go get my global my global passport thing done it's not a passport but it's global entry so i can just skip the line and shit and casey really really wanted it for a honeymoon and I missed it by an hour. So I had to drive to JFK to get another appointment. And I was just standing in line for five hours at JFK on Tuesday and just being sent back to the end of the line at the end of every hour because everyone showed up for their appointments. Uh, and it was and at, after the third hour, it became less of an annoyance and more of just like, let's see how far this can go. Yeah, like I'm completely helpless. I am at the mercy of a woman with a clipboard. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, and a part I of me just sort know. of turned off the anger about it and just went like, okay. I think it would take me a really long time to like, be like, yep, this is my reality now. Like, I think I would like try literally everything possible to avoid standing there for five hours, even if I ended up and I'm not saying you didn't, but like, it would take me a long time to just be like, yep, this is it. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm going to exhaust every possible resource that I can think of. And like, you know, like I really wanted to go, <laughs> I had vacation plans to, to visit my girlfriend in, uh, she was in Europe and I was meeting up with her at the end of Europe, at the end of her Europe trip for us to be together in Spain. The end of Europe. They got rid <laughs> of it. the end. It's <laughs> now extended yeah. <laughs> Africa. The bed bugs take everyone out. <laughs> um, no, which, by the way, I mean, another thing that makes me feel helpless is bed bugs. But, I sure. mean, that's my literal nightmare. Oh, any um, any critter yes. that's out at night, I'm like, uh, I guess the, just please don't do, don't do your worst to me. Like, you're going to be out. <laughs> you're going to do your thing. And I'm not going to be awake to stab you. But, like, come on, have some restraint. I, I think that bed bugs would ruin my life. I has been a, <laughs> a lifelong fear. Um, but yeah, but I was going to meet up with her and I was nervous that our, my flight would get canceled um, because I have anxiety. And I was like, let me just check to make sure that the flights last few days have been going off just fine. And they had emergency landed back in Boston after taking off both of them. And I called them, I was like, hey, what's up with your planes? Level Airlines, budget version of Iberian Airlines, which like, <laughs> why the fuck am I even flying you? Um, and I like exhausted 
every option. And what I ended up doing was buying a different ticket to go there two days before. And I was like, if I feel like my plane's not going to get canceled, then I'll return this ticket. It was like unhinged. And then I called Level Airlines and I was like, will you re- cancel my return flight? Because I don't really care about coming back. You know, yeah, <laughs> as long yeah. as you get there. In Europe, like, stay you, in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, will yeah, you cancel my return? Yeah. I was like, you cancel my return? They were like, no. And I was like, that's bizarre because I really feel like you're going to. And they're like, no, we won't. And I Googled it and the Spanish Supreme Court made it illegal to like cancel a return if you don't take your two. So like Spain's like the one place in the world that you can fly and they'll do that. But I was like so nervous and felt so helpless about my flight, maybe not getting there, that I literally like bought a ticket to leave two days before I was supposed to leave to meet up with her. Wow. Yeah, no, that's 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 a level of see i like your helplessness because your helplessness is married to resourcefulness so it's very proactive if if i'm helpless (laughs) i just sort of well it's over uh and and sometimes it's acceptance and a good thing and sometimes it's like i will i'll just sit i was raised uh partly by my dad who is the person that at a way too young age said hey man if the bombs drop we're going out to a field with lawn chairs and we're just gonna bite the thing off the tip of it when it lands on long island for summer like he just like imprinted in brains is like it's over we're not surviving you with me uh so i don't have a choice dad (laughs) the fact that yours is like i feel helpless and I'm going to fix it. Uh, and I'm going to have contingency plans. And it reminds me a lot of my fiance, where she is the same ba, sort ba, ba, of person. Ba. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing where, you know, for our wedding, she was like, okay, cool. I want to, I want to look hot in my wedding dress and I want to earn more money so we can pay for the wedding. And I want to do something that's good for me. So she just became a spin instructor. It was very <laughs> L woods. Like what? Like it's hard. She just put no other thought into like, yeah, I'm going to go do this because it checks off these these boxes that will make me feel less helpless. And I go for walks and listen to John K. Sampson to calm down. <laughs> like uh, my helpless is just like there is no solution. We're just helpless. We're just in the ocean on a raft. Yeah, I mean, that's how my girlfriend is. She, I, I feel like you need to have one chill person in the relationship. Mm-hmm. She's like, I want to die if there's a zombie apocalypse. I don't want to like yeah. see every Who person I've fighting? ever <laughs> known or loved become a zombie. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a, I have an emergency supply kit with a machete in it. Like, I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> I yeah. have iron tablets in case there's radiation fallout. You can take them and they fill your thyroid up so you can't soak up any of the Smart. iodine stuff i don't really know how it works i gotta get on that i trust it <laughs> see see yeah, that's me, that's my resu- that's my resourcefulness out of being helpless to be like ah oh, i should do that and i'm gonna yeah. put it down in my book and i'm not gonna do it <laughs> well, like, you should do. like you probably don't need to you know sure. but i'd rather I have them my specific I, brand of currencies uh, this sounds like lizzie going yeah, I don't. I don't think you should, because I want more of it. Yeah, for I'm gonna me. need to <laughs> stockpile. These. You don't need. You don't it's need not any of that. This. Good of an idea. I want Mormon grade like bucket beak stroganoff. That's what I want. You guys know about that? We're like out in Utah. They prep a ton. They're like big prepper scene. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch Doomsday Preppers first. on Discovery when you're like in a waiting room waiting to get your global entry, like I did. They inspire uh, me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just it was a fucking like home depot bucket with a sticker on it that just said beef stroganoff and what you do is you just add hot water to it and mix it with i don't know 
it, it <laughs> needs to be like an or for something that big. Uh, and you have like food for a month and it's just beef, beef, just a month, <laughs> just the month, but you buy like a six pack and you're good for half a year. Wow. Yeah. Can I, can I do that Disgusting. now? Do I have to yeah, wait for things to go nuts? My stepbrother <laughs> does it all the time. He's, he's army aviation. Uh, he will not be coming to the wedding cause he's on call, I guess. But he, uh, he was like, well, yeah, I don't want to cook food. So I just made a like 50 gallon vat of chili. And then I've spooned all of the chili into to go containers. And I have that for about the next two months. So he's just eating chili. <laughs> that is so efficient and disgusting. It's giving, it's giving dog energy, like yeah. eating the same canned. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to our sponsor, the farmer's dog. Uh, are you a, a military rat that needs to be fed, but no one's around to cook for you? The farmer's dog. <laughs> are you a uh, human being who's been referred to as the family dog? <laughs> farmer's dog. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Helplessness is... It's a tough thing because there is so much in this world that can make you feel helpless. Like your specific example of, of going through the airport and like, and going traveling where it's just, you have to leave it up to other people is such an unnerving thing for a lot of people. What is the solutions that you've come up with? Or is it just like, okay, I'm going to feel helpless, but I know it'll be okay at the end. Or do you have certain things that you check off to bring yourself down and feel like a little bit more in control in the moment, not buying a ticket, to make sure you can go yeah. home two days before, but like small picture. Yeah. Small picture stuff. I mean, I think that what I'm trying to do is be more okay with helplessness mm -hmm. and less like I can solve it and think of every possible thing that could go wrong and just fix it. And I've sort of had this mantra that I've been saying lately that I saw embroidered on a sweatshirt. So not really like a best place for every slogan. Yep. <laughs> and, and it just said, do it. It said, what if it all works out? Yeah, it said it said Adidas. And I thought <laughs> I do Adidas. I do Adidas. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I, it, it's weird that that's the the slogan that you were saying though, the actual one, the real thing you said, because I say that all of the time. And it's like mm. my go to line of like I'm talking about talking to Meg just for <laughs> for context. But like we're we're very opposite in I'm aggressively positive and she's aggressively negative and it works in the middle when we talk. Yeah. Thank you so much for booking me on the show on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> it's been that's fun right. to get both texts. That, that's <laughs> how I met Lizzie was ghosted. George is doing his first ever ghosted oh, this Saturday. It was so fun. It was yeah. the most fun. I'm, I read I'm writing for Dan. I read some of those jokes uh, at a at like that uh, Zach wrote for me at a at a show the next day that I was headlining and it was so fun. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> the two of you and like I'm definitely forgetting people because it was you know we met eight people a night or whatever, but I think the two of you might have been my my favorite combination of sets that I liked of comics I'd never seen before and two people who understood how to write for each other. The, it was just like two sets that were start to finish of like your own material to what was written for you was just perfect. It was just like oh. a, a full understanding of what you were supposed to do that day. Thank you. The thing about Zach and I is we take we take our assignments very seriously. 
we're both big nerds so if you give us a job we will we will do it but yeah, it was i, I it also was really i mean this might be what's coloring it for me as I really enjoyed talking about both of your processes because it was like, this is what I do. And like, it's my show. So hearing people, not my show, it's Meg's show. And I am also on it. But like hearing people approach it the same way I do. And it's like a thing I take very seriously because it's a, like, it's my baby now. But like mm. to hear people come at it with that same energy, I'm like, yes, you get it. This is so cool. <laughs> Like it's it needs really that. It needs the work. You hear that, George? It needs the work. Put in the work. <laughs> I'm putting in the work. the work. It's just I'm mostly. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just. I'm just writing against type. But you've already told me that people have done that for you, and uh, and it worries me that I. I don't want to be hack. I just want to. I just want to. It. I want to create. Uh, I want to differentiate between Dan Gets and the character I create of Dan Gets. It, it shouldn't be hard. Like I, and it is. I'll, I'll it's tell really my. Hard. I'll tell my silliest, dumbest jokes, and you can make me an asshole, and it's fine. Make me an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing that's so fun about the show too is that, like, one thing I've always thought about uh, improv comedy is that, like, it's mostly funny because I mean, and sorry if anyone does improv. Like, I did improv it's for many mostly years. Mostly funny. It's mostly <laughs> funny because the bar is so low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I used to work for this show like way, way, way back in the day. I was like an assistant on the show called Setlist, which was like improvised stand up. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and it was mostly horrible, <clears throat> even though it was like the best comedians in the world doing it because it's like fucking hard to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love Ghosted because you guys have that improvised feel of like the deliveries improvised and the comedian is surprised. So yeah. you get an audience with you on your side like that. And then you also have then really good fucking jokes if the person is a good writer. And so I think it's like, it's like such a cool premise and such a cool opportunity because you have both like the more polished and thought throughness of stand up, and also like the crowd really rooting for you and really wanting to laugh and really oh, hoping yeah. that it goes well. And that's like, that's very, very nice. Yeah, it's like it's the first time doing stand up in a long time, like since I was new, like where you would go up and be like, I'm new that like you kind of <laughs> had a net that like people would be like, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll go with you a little bit. Like, you totally have a net. You totally have a net. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a great it's a, it's really fun. What were we talking about before that? <laughs> Helplessness. And I was looking up one of my favorite set list jokes uh, from a comedian that I think is canceled. So now I can't talk about it. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. You can say the joke. They improvised it. It's not even theirs for real. Yeah, is is <laughs> the the prompt was menopausal frog, and it was a, a just like a really good ribbit, uh, but it was so good. I remember laughing hysterically at set list. I just went down memory lane of like binging <laughs> all the set list clips. <laughs> Some of the clips were good, right? But I mean, I saw a lot of it live, like because I went with them to, um, the Galway Comedy Festival, and I like Ooh. helped some of the behind the scenes stuff back in the day uh, again i was like an intern i was at the very bottom of the totem pole but uh so you know some of it's really good and there's really good moments but then there's a lot of stuff that's just like it's hard yeah. <laughs> it's tough yeah. i remember yeah. watching the the youtube version of it where it was like there's no way this was the entire set like <laughs> there you, you got yeah, one good line here there was definitely something before it that they did not show me <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there are specific comedians who are really good at it, and then there are other comedians that won't touch it. Mm -hmm. um, T.J. Miller was is really good at it. That was Manifold. Is that Frog. the one? Yeah. Is it canceled? <laughs> he like 
they, there was a woman that came forward that said that there were allegations, but from what I understand, it was only the one story and both him and his wife unequivocally like denied and said like this person has kind of put us on the spot for years over something that like was weird and because it was in the middle of it like the me too movement gathering a lot of steam that it was just easier to be like sit down and don't argue with it for at least a little bit and then we'll talk about it later yeah, I, I don't that. think i knew yeah. about that one but i did know about the time we called in the bomb threat and everyone was really pissed off about him Okay. Yeah. He like, he, like made up a bomb, oh, threat. a bomb threat. I forget. Yeah. I forget to where, but it was one of those where like it was just doing a bit. But he called in a real live bomb threat. Oh Funny my bit. god! Funny. Funny. Uh, Outback Steakhouse had to evacuate for twenty minutes. <laughs> it's so American a now. This, this is cause callback steakhouse now, baby. <laughs> um, I okay. Well, I didn't know he was canceled, but. But I mean, uh, what, it's fine. Whatever. They still exist as people yeah. you can talk about. Like, I, it's whatever. It's not <laughs> yeah. like we're celebrating them. Fucking I, my friend, Pete Holmes, my friend... one of my favorite comedians of all time, just like posted a video with Thomas Middleditch, and I was like, too fresh. Too fresh. Thomas Middleditch was canceled? Yeah. I am I really not paying attention. He likes to uh, go up to ladies at bars and be like, hi, I'm a celebrity, and I'm going to touch you unwantedly. Oh, my God. Cool that's not Cool um, bit, fun bit. I hate that so Talk much. Talk about helpless. My friend thinks of me as like the Grim Reaper of people getting canceled because I like told him that Louis was going to get canceled. And the next day, there's obviously no way that I could have known that this was going to happen. The next day, the New York Times thing about Louis came out and he called mm -hmm. me and was like, what the fuck? And I was like, we are, was who like, else have you talked about? LA, like <laughs> everyone in LA like knew that he did that. Like it was an, it, like everybody knew that Louis did that. It's just no one cared. I mean, I cared, but like I didn't have any power. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was like so the whole uh, when when Hannibal did the Cosby stuff, where like yeah, if he didn't do it in Philly, where everybody like still actively like daily seemed to give a shit about Cosby, it probably still would have like gone under the rug. Because like after that, people were like, yeah, he's been doing that stuff for like three years. Like that wasn't a new bit that it, like he was working out for the first time. It's like. People have heard him do that over and over and over. It was like doing it in Philly where they're like, this is our guy. How dare you? That like ire actually came from it. Yeah. I think something about like the consciousness shifted. I mean, there was like the political moment that like people finally woke up to it. And, you know, I mean, like it, uh, I think it went very far and like, obviously there's, you know, challenging situations and situations on the margins. But for the most part, I mean, it was like, I'm glad that, that contra the consciousness shifted in, yeah. in that it's it's become very interesting where like my mom will suggest songs for our like mother son dance and it'll be like oh do you want to do like beautiful boy by john lennon and the beatles and i'm like no because he did awful shit and like that's my memory of john lennon now is it's not that he wrote imagine it's that he was an awful father and i don't want to dance with my mother to a song about his other kid you know like there's just thing, even though one of the songs that we are dancing to at the wedding the uh singer is mildly off the hook on the hook hmm? Ooh. Uh, do i have to wait till the night <laughs> no, is, I mean, it is it the remix to ignition it is it, a it's remix actually to the original it's not the remix yeah like, this is our this is how we get through this no one actually <laughs> wants this uh, we are supposed to dance to a 1975 song, but we have three in the chamber of like, 
in case something happens in between, we got three other ones we can choose from. <laughs> I fully think you should take my approach, which is just not paying attention to the news yeah. and not about any of this. That has worked out sure. really well for me Ignorance for a is long bliss. time. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not that invested in any of these people's lives that like when stuff happens for them poor like bad even good or bad i guess but like it doesn't affect me like it's it doesn't change my day to day it's like oh yeah it's good to know that that mm -hmm. happened i guess but like what am i gonna do they're i don't i, I don't know their friends like I went to this show once. I don't remember if it was a concert or a comedy show, but there was this DJ opening up and he was like playing like greatest hits of like people who had died. And he just kept one after another being like, make some noise for, you know, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye's dead, right? Yeah. And he would like, he'd be like, he's up in heaven and like point up. And then everyone would be like, woo. And he just like kept going, kept going. And then he finally said, make some noise for Michael Jackson. And then like, I like looked around and he was like, he's up in heaven. And I like pointed like down. But I'm like, you yeah. know, I don't know if he, you know, I don't have the same concept as afterlife certainly as, as this DJ, but like, come on. I love on, a DJ man. that believes in heaven. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Yeah. unambiguously in heaven. Yeah, no, he. We actually told our DJ, little that, Michael, like, maybe. Little Michael's allowed in heaven. Michael's inner child is allowed. Um, but no, uh, that one's we, the problem. His actual <laughs> child was fine. <laughs> uh, we, uh, what was it? We, uh, we told our DJ that if you want to play a Michael Jackson song, just play a Prince song instead. <laughs> I mean, that's a good rule, even before all the stuff came out and like yeah. was super confirmed. Like, yeah, play Prince. Just play that, Prince. That's me Prince advocating better. for Prince. He really <laughs> needs me to get behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Prince. Should we see what so people underrated. on the internet said? Let's see what they said about Prince. Our helplessness. Unhelplessness. <laughs> hmm. All right, so we got a. A pretty honest one from the jump here. Applying for jobs and feeling like the application disappears into the void, knowing that my unemployment runs out in a month and not having a plan. Yeah. That, that'll that do it to you. For I sure. I mean, anytime that, like, your future is in somebody else's hands and there's no, like, immediate timeline to it either, that's like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to handle that feeling. Like, I'm really good at, like, Oh, this is the new this is the new situation. Like, let's figure out the plan. Let's go. But as soon as I have to like pass it off, I'm like, I I am out of my depth here. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, let's see what else we got here. Unless my computer doesn't want to play nice. Well, perfect. Because the next one is troubleshooting computer stuff. No kidding. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that serendipity. I feel helpless when the universe me right serves now. me things like that. <laughs> really. Really, you're gonna line that up exactly how my show needs it. Thank you, universe. But like, what Thanks, else are you doing? Universe, you're giving me the good. You're gonna give me the bad too. Like, what is it? What's the bad? Now, a lot of people seem to uh, to be coming through on this response. Uh, basically, anytime I have to do a school assignment, I have a thing. I never. That have I that think it's like forced, forced helplessness, where it's just the ADHD kicks in, and it's and it's now I'm not gonna do anything, and then I'm gonna be upset that i didn't do anything does that make sense 
Oh, that like shutdown version of it where like yeah. you keep trying to force the actual thing you need to do, but like your yeah. brain's like, no, this thing though. But about my this brain thing? is screaming at me that like, hey, I have to do the thing. Like I have to do the dishes. You need to do the dishes. And my brain just like it doesn't commute to legs and, and hands to go get like go do the thing. I mean, you it changed just... it to chores and that changes my whole perspective. But when it was about school assignments, it was just my I that's always a chore. Just, for me. I always just let my brain do the other thing like it was mm-hmm. it was fine because like i i knew that like i was like in my head i was doing the work that like when it came time to do it the peripheral will just kind of become front and center and i would it would all come out pretty quick like that i figured out when i was in like middle school that that's how my brain worked with school assignments and i was like i don't actually have to work that hard anymore and i'd be a lot further in life if i didn't realize that when i was a child <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got uh, my anxiety and codependency when I wake up in the morning. Um, only being able to afford shitty insurance and always being afraid of a health crisis. Yep. There yeah. is no insurance that isn't shitty, I think. How dare you? I was like raised that. on State Farm. <laughs> I have okay insurance right now, but figuring out... Yeah. It's like not great, but like it's it's fine. It. it serves every purpose I need it to, but when I need to like figure out my primary care physician, it makes it impossible, and so many things need me to do that first. So like, it provides all of the care and like coverage that I need, but it doesn't give me step one in an easy way. That's like, just come on, like give me the list, let me pick the mm-hmm. one closest to me, and let's move on. But it's like, no, that's not how this works. So. Considering what I was saying uh, a second ago, where it's like, oh, you can't bring yourself to do those things. Um, I've had insurance. Like, I've had jobs that provide me with insurance, and I have still yet go to a doctor or a dentist because I can't. Like, the helplessness of getting into that world, like walking through that threshold and having to go through all the steps is so daunting that I'd rather just rot. <laughs> This combines our current conversation and the Me Too movement, but I Googled my doctor's name the other day to make a doctor's appointment to go see him. And I like didn't know his office number, so I Googled his name. And the first thing that came up was Boston area doctor arrested for lewd acts on an airplane. Is that like an and, old story or like since the last no, time like you saw him? Literally like in August, but he did the thing in May and was arrested in August. I was Googling it in September. And I, I called my doctor and I was like, what the fuck? And they were like, they g- we gave you a new PCP. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, you didn't yeah. pass that information along? That this happened. I mean, even that is like sort fuck of invasive guy. of yeah, like, wait, you just told like you just assigned me a new doctor? Like without without choice or, or like a heads up, you just gave me a new doctor? Like that's that's uh, that's uncomfortable too. The whole thing is bizarre. Uh, yeah, and they should inform you about that, uh, as we had to inform my grandmother that a close family friend was going to prison for many, many years. Uh, oh, hold yes. on, I want to, I want to Google how many years. Oh yeah, you want the exact number? Case. I yeah, believe it was 30. 30 years was when, uh, my, my grandma's friend's son is getting sent to prison for, for high crimes. I think it was 30. Yes. Yeah. What are the crimes? It's it's uh, Danny Masterson. <laughs> yeah, my my grandma is friends with their father, um, who they don't talk to 
because Scientology does not allow you to communicate with anyone outside of the church. Really bearing the lead Me. on Danny Masterson, and it's your grandma's friend. <laughs> it's like, well, my grandma's friends with their dad. Yeah, <laughs> never, I would have never have guessed that in a million years. I've been on, I've been on trips with Christopher Masterson, and I gotta say, not fun anymore. Not fun to bring <laughs> that up anymore. You really can't mention it. Yeah. Oh God. You That's were the like, biggest victim of this I am. whole. This is about me. If anybody's uh, suffering, <laughs> it's me and my fun vacations with the mess. You can't even dance at your wedding to the That 70s Show theme song anymore. So I fun. love Big Star. And all Big he Star ever did was hanging bit. out down the street. And it, it was so fitting. <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We ball. We're going we're gonna to listen to that and uh, Pretty Young Thing by Michael Why Jackson right at the only- end. only do canceled artists and see if anyone <gasps> that, says no, so there's a that's there's a, a theater move. up the road from my house that they genuinely just keep on doing oh that. right yeah that's they, real. They, they, did, they did a festival called the icarus festival and it was people that oh. had been wrongfully canceled by the media and it's like no no that's no no not my for those listening at home yeah. <laughs> i don't think any of these were wrongful cancellations yeah, yeah Lizzie no, you just were doing it herself as a, as a joke, monster at and the i end. said no no they're doing this <laughs> I, I love this, that. I love that character. The person who loves bottoms and is a monster. <laughs> we are a comedian who loves bottoms and then comes out against cancel culture yeah. and for men's rights in the, yeah. in the final 30 seconds. You could, should, could you you should go up. see bottoms. You should absolutely go see bottoms. But I just feel like what it was missing was a guest starring role from, uh, uh, you know, anyone. Let's pick just a canceled say, person. Pick a canceled person. Let's just say, I don't know, Russell Brand. Let's just say it could use a little Russell Brand je ne sais quoi. <laughs> you know, you know I'll, I'll give you credit for the attempt there because it is really hard to make a joke about a canceled person that is worth it and funny because you yeah. have to pick the right level of canceled where it's like, yeah, I get why they're canceled, but like, fine. Like it's, and that's not Russell Brand. <laughs> I think like that was the wrong choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck Russell Brand. <laughs> he's, a, he's a monster. Um, what else we got from the people? Um, let's see. The continued lynching of black people by the state. Hell yeah. Not not a perspective that, I can comment on, but you know, a voice I, I felt like uh belongs here. I uh I that came I, after I, the I same know, person said taxes. I wanna I, Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the person that wrote that friend of the show, but we don't usually mention people's names in the in the in the things that they've said on the show. But uh I love the fact that he thought that he could send in that answer and then that we could have a low like a stirring conversation about yes. it with, with experience. We can be we can be good, good anti racist allies. <laughs> I think I think anything that is state sponsored anything, it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I mean like we are a democracy, right? But like I feel so helpless about everything in the fucking government. We don't have control over anything. Yeah, I, I already forget if the Gitmo stuff was on the show or before we started, but it's it's no secret. We've talked about my Gitmo shirt before, but like it's it's that thing of like these people Your uniform from when you worked there. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone saw the pictures. It's a small world. The pictures it's just are the on the internet. Room. <laughs> they blurred your face, but we could tell that it was you. Yeah. My my close friends knew it right away, and they didn't keep it a secret. <laughs> friends, so like it's it's that though of like the the government just decided that these people were criminals, charged them with nothing, and put them in prison 
thousands of miles from anyone they've ever known and anyone who could help them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... That's the definition of helpless. It's, it's so horrifying, because when, when you look back at when it happened, because it's, it's not a thing that existed before 9-11. 9-11 mm -hmm. happened, Gitmo opened, and they just put people there and left them there. Literally, some people are getting out now. Most people, there's no end in sight. Like, and we're going over 20 years. 22 years. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, you hear yeah. those stories and then you're like, oh, but that, that story I just heard on the news about somebody in my city is pretty similar. Like, there's no actual crime. They're using public opinion and forming that opinion to then put that person away and it's like yeah they they have like rights and representation here that like isn't exactly equivalent but it's not better so i'm just yeah. thinking of I the mean, history the people of who are in jail for selling weed and weed is fully legal mm -hmm. now i mean it's yeah. I mean, not fully legal but like is legal like that is infuriating yeah, yeah the the number of cities where it is totally legal where it is still a movement to get even attention to the fact that like hey they're still in jail mm -hmm. like it's not it's not even it's not a thing that just kind of came with it and like yeah i i get that like you probably have to come up with the rehab programs and all of that because you know when you're not part of society and society's moved on somebody needs to update you but like nobody's doing that Nobody's trying to create the programs to put these people who basically did nothing wrong and at this point legally did nothing wrong. Nobody's coming up with a way to reintroduce them to the society that has moved past. Them. Well, Thomas Middleditch was, but then he got canceled. Yeah. And that is why That's, you know, I am on the one woman crusade. <laughs> to bring back all of the men who have been wrongfully canceled. No, Thomas Middleditch wasn't doing shit. But taking that paycheck home. But no, I agree with you. Yeah, everyone's got to go watch that transplant show. That situation comedy about people who fall in love with a transplant. That was Thomas Middleton's last TV show. So I remember that. I remember those two episodes cute. of television before it was. <laughs> <laughs> you want to um, do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Late stage capitalism. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that actually kind of ropes into what the, the guest talking about, um, you know, say what it is lynching in America is that like in late stage capitalism, anything fucking flies and to be helpless in the home country that you are in to feel unsafe and unwelcome in the home country that you are in because the entire system is failing you. Yeah. On a mass when, scale. When is, people coming into this country with specific intention to help the country have to take a test that the people in charge of the country can't pass we're done that's it it's over yeah. yeah it's it's i'm fine with uh splitting everything up again and just having many countries like we should just be europe we not like politically but i guess sort of politically but like we yeah, there's no way we, we could yeah we there's no way that like we can relate on a global scale, on a, on, a, on a nationwide scale of like, okay, me that lives in a metropolitan area in northern New Jersey, like, how the fuck am I supposed to relate to a, you know, a person in agriculture in Nebraska or in, or in Oklahoma? Like, we lived very different lives. How the fuck do we find common ground after being taught 
entirely different histories over the course of our entire like our entire lives and the lives before us like it's anyway, just bad we do have to end the show but it's a no we don't i'm gonna transition to the end so lizzie thank you very much for joining us we will definitely have you back and continue these and uh other fun topics <laughs> tune in next week when i solve america i shook my computer so hard that the usb interface popped out so you guys just like came through the computer for a second Wow, that's, uh, 4D. Yeah, that's going back to the uh, computer issues, whatever. Ending on your own helplessness. I feel helpless now. We did it. We achieved the emotion. <laughs> and Congratulations, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> feel Feelings is a Wasted Robot production. Editing done by Dan Getz. Music by George Bruderman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FeelFeelingsPod and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm backslash feelfeelings. If you're ever feeling any heavy emotions and feel like there's nowhere to turn to, please don't hesitate to reach out to us or to any of the resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts. We're such a professional show!